and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I'm Rooster here with Crow. Hello. I got nothing to say. I'm done. No, nope, that's I'm... pretty quiet news week. Yeah, that's it. We've pretty much blew our wad. We said everything we needed to say about the news of the year. Yeah. So I'm good. You got rest anything? Of, rest of 2020. You got anything? There's not much left of the 2020 uh, year. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? I I'd probably like to talk about the. Well, I want to talk about the RNC convention. A little bit. You know, we didn't talk about the DNC convention, so <laughs> well, is it fair? We'll, we'll compare and contrast as we talk about the uh, RNC convention. Okay. Uh, it's just the – it's been ba- basically a consensus that the DNC convention looked really amateur, and it was like a lot of cringy stuff happening. Uh, if you watched Tim Pool, he, he was – did a whole, I don't know, couple hours worth of, of show with him and his uh, producer and whoever else he had in the show talking – like making fun of the – dnc convention and yeah i did watch like they had um some guy prancing around singing um an old protest song i can't remember from like the 60s okay uh, i can't remember the name of it either but stop hey what's that sound everybody look what's oh, going yeah. down Buffalo that Springfield. yeah that's the one and uh how just how it looked like something like the junior high av club produced you know <laughs> yeah so and then uh, they were all excited and amped up because Joe Biden finally came out and gave his whatever 10, 15-minute speech and stuck to the teleprompter and didn't fuck up. So it was a, it was a triumph for Joe. <laughs> well, and I think Rush Limbaugh was pointing out uh, we as conservatives made that a victory because we've made the bar so low that he had to get over. Yeah. If he didn't go out there and uh, forget who he was or fall over, it was going to be but a success. It was obvious he spent the whole time. And he practiced this, and he spent the whole time, didn't stray from the teleprompter on that one. Um, well, there's still people saying it might not have been live. Yeah. And I've heard, no, there were 36 reporters in the room. It's like, okay, well, let's hear it. And they said, well, they were live tweeting at the exact same time. And Yeah, well, and then they, I mean, it, who knows? But then they had, like, these skit things with like julia louis louis dreyfus and andrew yang that was just like couldn't pronounce uh, mike pence's name yeah it was just a really bad like uh skit Mm -hmm. that just fell flat and didn't have there was no audience there to laugh or to you know to to have you know for them to light the applause sign up so they knew you know that it was an actual joke and you're supposed to laugh if there had been an audience there to laugh would they have they would have made sure whoever producer was there was like with their hands gesturing, laugh, laugh, laugh. This is the joke. But what if they didn't? <laughs> what if they were like, I, I don't get it. Um, but that was pretty much the consensus. It's, uh, it was it was amateurish and, and boring. Um, then you went to the RNC convention, and it actually was the production value was, was good. They were upset. The left is upset because they're um, saying that um, Trump used the White House as a backdrop and – and that was like something that you shouldn't do for campaigning purposes. But this was that was like his third choice. Like the two states he wanted to do campaigns in, they basically backed out and said, no, COVID. Yeah. So, um, but I watched a few of the speeches given and they were really good. Um, the Ivanka Trump was pretty good. His, his wife. She can't even speak English. Well, that, that was Melania. Oh, okay. His wife. But, uh. That's what Bette Midler said, isn't that yeah. Bette Midler? Or Joy Behar? They're both the same person, Bette I think. Bette Midler. Uh, Bette Midler's got a better voice, but that's um, about it. And then uh, you had Herschel Walker gave a speech talking about, I've known Trump for like 37 years, and he's a great man, and you people that are talking about him being this, that, and the other are full of nonsense. Herschel Walker doesn't come off. He doesn't like swear or anything or doesn't come off as very aggressive. But um, they had... Um, former Democrats that came and, and spoke quite a few of that them they had well, the DNC had John Kasich oh great so yeah. you know yeah because he was tried and true Republican and Jeff Flake I mean those are yeah. dyed in the wool they had a Chinese right a Chinese dissident um, they called him like the barefoot something or other 
I don't know, but he's blind, and he was. It was weird watching him because he he he's had reading off braille. He was, and it was uh, electronic braille. So it was like one of those electronic braille keyboards that change, like the braille changes. It's really cool, but you could tell he was nervous because he like his hands were just shaking like crazy. And then I think he was his speech must have been written like I don't know if they can do this in Chinese, but it was like written phon- phonetically. I don't think half of what he said he understood because his pronunciation and the way he spoke didn't sound like like a second language kind of thing. It sounded like if you learn if I speak Spanish. And I don't know any of the words, but I just learned how they sound. But I don't know what they mean. That's what it sounded like to me. God, you're such a bigot. I know. But that, I was wondering why people didn't make fun of that. But whatever. Well, because he had too much intersectionality. Yeah, that's true. Blind. Blind uh, Chinese and yeah, dis- uh, dissident or whatever. Yeah, it's just so. too much. Uh, and he was short. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. And then uh, the guy that's running, I don't know his name, uh, who's running for Congress. He's, if he gets elected, he'll be the youngest person elected to congress i think aoc was 26 i don't know and he's 20 gonna be 25 right but from he, bartender to congress he was in a pretty bad car accident when he was 18 and uh, was paralyzed from the waist down and he was talking about you know all, all the opportunities and and looking forward and all that and it was a really good speech and then at the very end two guys come out with like a little walker thing sit in front of him and and you know hold it while he stands up and like stands straight up with his braces on his legs to finish the speech it was pretty uh, pretty good you know people would think oh that's pretty cheesy right but mm-hmm. when you watched it it's like god damn that was like inspiring it was good <laughs> you know and of course i'm biased but you know and, and that's the kind of stuff you want to see as an american you know so i don't know i liked it i thought it was i, I was surprised i did not expect uh, the RNC convention to be kind of anything special. And it turns out it was actually pretty, I think, pretty meaningful. And I think uh, uh, they said that Trump did get a bump from it, like in the polls. Yeah, Biden it. didn't get any Biden didn't from get any bump from his, but Trump did. And I believe, I, I, I understand why. And I guess Trump's uh, speech, was, I didn't get, I didn't see Trump's speech. I just heard that it was very good. I thought he spoke every night, didn't he? The last, like, uh, yeah, the last one we accepted, though. The nomination, mm-hmm. I guess it was it was uh, pretty subdued, but it was very hopeful and had a very good message to it. Yeah, I never watch the conventions because, yeah. quite honestly, I can't stand them. But I did watch Tim Scott's speech. Yeah, that, and he was great. Yeah, Tim Scott's another good one. Yeah. So he said, uh, "From cotton to Congress, and in, in one lifetime, in one generation, or yeah, one lifetime." Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because his his grandfather was a was a sharecropper. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Well, that's uh, I mean, there's no outrage in our first section. That's why I thought it'd be nice to. Uh, I want to know what what Tim Scott would be called if he were to get the Republican nomination for president. Like if he ran, Uncle Tom, and in tw- he'll be called way worse than that. House Nigger. Yeah, they'll call him that. Coon. Yeah, those those just don't seem vicious enough. Yeah, they they should come up with a more vicious term. You know, it's funny about the the word nigger. <laughs> it's just genuinely funny. I'm just kidding. Uh, that it just it seems like it should have lost all of its power long ago because you've got the let's jump into this Ken, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin riots. Um, Something going on in Kenosha. So the the a guy was shot in the back as he was reaching into his car. He had been tasered by police. He got, Jacob Blake. He got pulled over or not pulled over. He the his ex girlfriend whatever called because a domestic. No. Uh, his ex-girlfriend called because he has allegedly raped her before. Yeah. And I believe that's what he has, that was one of the charges he's had. Yeah. So the police showed up. They were called. They said, this guy's violent. He's got a violent felon past. To a sexual to a Sexual, sexual assault. assault call. So they show up. They get an altercation with him. They tase him. Either it misses or it doesn't work. Before that, he warns them that he's got a knife. Yeah. So in the video that they show, he's walking around the side of his car, around the front, and the police are right behind him. After being tased. Yep. And he opens his door and reaches in. Now, he doesn't open his door and act like he's getting in, like a, like you'd expect a person getting into the car would do. He's looking, looks like he's reaching for a weapon. Well, allegedly, at this point, we don't know because Kenosha doesn't have body cams. The money's been appropriated for him, but they haven't spent it yet. Allegedly, he said, I'm going to go to my car, get my gun, and kill you. Basically, he says to these cops. Mm-hmm. But in videos that they've shown, a couple of videos show he's got a knife in his hand. Yeah. Well. Crowder ran a video with that in. R- regardless, they ended up lighting him up. 
They got, he got to the car. They're yelling at him, trying to grab him, pull him away from the car, saying, don't get in your car. He opens the car door, reaches in, and they light him up, shoot him in the back seven times. Good. Should have killed him. But uh, he lives. He's paralyzed, I guess, which is awesome. Which, you know. <laughs> that's a little harsh. I think that's great. <laughs> and um, he, uh, he's got, they've got a GoFundMe out for him. Did you know this? No, I didn't. The, but I just assumed someone like either the new girlfriend or somebody said it's always going to go fund me. It's it's you know it's close to a million dollars already. So you know, but uh, I don't think it'll make up for uh, for for him for being paralyzed. So that's that's good. Wow, you no, are no a, amount of money. A vicious, heartless bastard. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So um, after that in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, right away there were. Uh, riots and looting and you know it's just an excuse to destroy and vandalize and steal and after the first night the the word got out and the these guys showed up a, a different separate groups of people showed up armed to protect the businesses and one of them was this kyle right kyle rittenhouse yeah name? was a 17 year old who showed up he he was right across the board in illinois 20 minute drive away i guess Shows up and gets together with a bunch of other guys that are there with uh, assault rifles. I hate the term, but that's what the news calls AR-15s. it. AR-15s. Yeah, uh, sport sporting rifles. Um, and But he's also got a med pack, and he gets interviewed early in the night. And they're like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm out here to protect his businesses and also to help people. If any, I got a med pack here, so if anybody gets hurt, you know, um, the demonstrators or anybody gets hurt, I'm here to help. And you know, seems rational, seems like a regular guy, seems like he's there armed to protect himself because you know how bad that can go mm-hmm. and i've talked about this before i want to participate in rallies um but when counter protests show up you know do you want to be armed yes you want to be able to protect yourself um but then they say well you went there armed you're looking for trouble and next thing you know you're in prison mm-hmm. you know and this is kind of the situation this kid got himself in so earlier in the night there's video of him and some other guys and they, they still don't know we're not sure yet his affiliation with the other uh, militia guys, they, they called them Boogaloo Boys, basically. That's what they're calling them. Um, but there there was other militia members there or just armed citizens there wearing tag gear and stuff. And he was seemed to be with them. So I don't know what in what capacity if he just decided to show up and he joined in with these people or if it was coordinated before. I don't know. Um, but at one point, he was with them and they got surrounded by a group, a mob of these rioters, protesters. And I guess one of his group from the video I saw, it sounds to me like one of his group may have raised his weapon and then pissed off the group even more. And this little white dude wearing a red shirt um, comes up and basically comes right up to this Kyle kid and starts yelling at him, shoot me, nigga, shoot me, nigga. And I'm like, wait a minute. Years ago, right? I'm like, this is a white guy yelling at another white guy and calling him a nigga. It's like, how does that word have any fucking power anymore? Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't a hard R. Yeah. Stop big it. Big difference. Stop it. Enough. It should yeah. not have it's, that power. It's stupid. Everybody knows what the word is. Yeah. And so a guy that appropriates black culture and and acts like a punk, acts like a thug, sags his pants and has the accent, it's okay for him to call another white guy, nigga. Well, here's my question. So if it's a racist word, it's because white people used it, right? To describe black, black people, people. Yeah. so isn't black people using it? No, cultural no, appropriation? it's taking. Oh, from white people. Never thought of that. Neither did I <laughs> until just now. Let's we'll put that on our shirt. Stop culturally appropriating my slang, my, uh, my vicious derog- slang, my derogatory. Yeah, my derogatory racial words. <laughs> so yeah, so that was the that was my transition finally from what I was saying before about about that term. But anyways, anywho. Um, I want to get to i've got this while you're doing that i did once hear one of the one of the funny things to do like at work it was this ridiculously over the top throw people off at work one of them was is like a list of like 10 or 15 things one of them was to call everybody at work by the incorrect racial slur <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you go to what a uh, like a samoan guy go look you stupid mick <laughs> So there's an article here in Revolver. Um, this uh, says, Attorney Lynn Wood of Covington Catholic fame just debunked a left-wing conspiracy theory about Kyle Rittenhouse. I guess we should get into what actually happened. For Well, this article will probably go over Okay, it. go ahead. So this goes, uh, 
If you've been online the past few days, you've seen it over and over again. Left-wing internet lawyers are everywhere claiming that Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty of murder because he crossed state lines with a gun while underage. But attorney Lynn Wood of Richard Jewell fame just debunked that wild conspiracy theory with a single tweet. So here's the tweet. When you start manufacturing facts to support false accusations, you get into trouble under the under law of defamation. Kyle did not carry a gun across state lines. The gun belonged to his friend, a Wisconsin resident. The gun never left the state of Wisconsin. Truth always prevails. That's actually pretty important because that's if people are talking about how he was underage, he was 17, and he shouldn't have been carrying that gun um, in the first place. And I don't know what the what the Wisconsin laws are for that. But... I've heard Crowder said that Wisconsin has an exception for sporting rifles and shotguns. As long as they are carried openly, right? Right. Yeah. That you can be 16. Right. And, or 15. And even. as long as you're carrying them openly, it's, yeah. So the laws are always wonky everywhere. But the big thing that people were pointing out was that he was from Illinois, crossed state lines, and that if he was illegally carrying the weapon from, you know, then that's a big problem. Well, if that, if this lawyer is saying that's not an issue at this point, that's... That because what people are saying is the fact that he was doing something illegal means that any um, there's no he can't have a self defense while he's while he's committing a crime. And I'm like, oh come on, seriously. Well, but, that's stupid. Yeah, but they're saying like that that only that only, that that law or, or stipulation only accounts for like let's say if you're robbing a bank and you get accosted by the by the patrons. I'm sorry, my computer's gonna keep doing that every time. Four. Until I get a new one. I, I haven't been able to figure out why it's doing it. Um, so if you're robbing a bank and then all of a sudden one of the patrons accosts you and you turn around and shoot him and you say, well, he was going to kill me. It was self-defense. They're like, no, you were committing a crime. And they're saying you can't claim self-defense in the, in, the, in the act of committing crime. So they're trying to apply that. May that. Be, that may be a bad example. Well, they're trying to apply that example here. Right. That's, it is a bad example. But that's what, that's what the Internet lawyers, quote unquote, are saying. It's like, well, you know, he's committing a crime. It's like, yeah, I bet we're all committing crimes. <laughs> we don't even, just don't even know it. So we're all in the act of committing a crime, mm -hmm. you know. So here's the articles continuing. It goes, I suppose Lynn Wood just took the AR-15 of truth and blasted a massive hole in the arm of left-wing internet lawyers everywhere. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're saying this because one of the people he shot... He basically shot in the arm, yeah, in the bicep, and basically the guy's big arm big chunk is, right out gone. of his arm. Yeah, that's it's basically not gonna that's not gonna recover. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I am jumping ahead. This article is kind of jumping ahead. So I think we need to talk about uh, what happened. He so he was a caught him and other people that were protecting property. So were, the wigger jumps in his face. He were accosted, and then he they defuse or leave that situation. But later on, that same guy. Uh, has targeted him and is chasing him down in a video it shows. So he's running away. This Kyle's running away, getting chased down. This guy's got a bag in his hand. That's the same bag he had in his hand when he was yelling at him uh, uh, about, uh, shoot me, nigga. Um, so nobody knows what was in the bag, but it looked like it had some heft to it. And he throws it as he's running, throws it, misses Kyle. Then they get out of sight on the video in between some cars because this video is like taken like half a block away. And... Then as Kyle kind of kind of turns around and tries to get, he tries to reverse course or tries to run around the cars, the guy's basically right there, right on top of him. He has no choice, raises his gun, fires like four shots, hits him in the head. Then the guy drops, and Kyle kind of goes over like, oh, shit. And uh, another guy that's there takes off his shirt and starts, you know, applying pressure. Kyle pulls out his phone and starts dialing. You're assuming he's calling the police. I was saying, hey, I just shot someone. Someone says that's what they heard him say. Hey, I, I just shot someone or something. Well, he like might have said that to the police. Yeah, that's what yeah, I just shot somebody. I'm assuming that's what happened. And he was just going to stand there. It wasn't like he, he thought he did anything wrong or that he was, you know. But as soon as the mob started descending on the scene and saying, get him, get him, get him, he, he took off running. Then later on videos, you see he's running down the middle of a street being chased. And as he's getting chased, uh, one guy runs up behind, hits him in the head. Another guy runs up behind him, and at one point, he, I think he turns and, and trips and falls, ends up on his butt. And another dude runs up and, like, tries to drop kick him in the head or curb stomp him, and fucks it up, and, like, kind of basically jumps over him and falls. And then as right after that happens, it looks like Kyle is clearing a jam in his gun. You see him, like, working the, the bolt. Mm -hmm. So I think he must have had a jam, and he's smacking the bolt. And then he turns around just as another guy comes up and hits him with a skateboard over the head and then kind of tumbles and as he tumbles kyle turns around and shoots him 
hits him right in the gut. And the guy takes a few staggering steps, drops to his knees. Then Kyle turns around on his ass, facing another guy that comes running up at him with a gun in his hand. By the way, two pieces of advice here. Don't chase a guy with a gun. And don't hit a guy with a gun with a skateboard. Yeah, don't bring a skateboard to a gunfight. Yes. So this third guy had a pistol in his hand that comes at him. And the guy with the pistol in his hand, as soon as Kyle shoots the guy with the skateboard and swings the gun over to the Mr. Pistol Carrier, Mr. Pistol Carrier puts his hands up like, oh, shit. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want none of that. Right? But then Kyle somehow takes the gun barrel off of him, and the guy charges him. And Kyle swings the barrel back around, shoots him in the bicep. Big spray of meat and shit flying. Um, And the guy screams and never drops the gun, but I don't think he's able to fire it after that. I I think his hand's pretty much clamped around it, just uselessly holding it. And then I saw pictures and video of it. Yeah, a big chunk. I mean, that must have been a, a hollow point because it must have went in the bicep and came out. And when it came out, just blasted a big chunk out of his arm. But, you know, turns out every one of these fucking guys, the skateboard guy, the first guy that got shot in the head by Kyle, and then this guy all have extensive criminal records. They're all assholes. Oh, and I think, well, the first first and second guy died. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, extensive, um, um, you know, felony of sexual assault for the first guy. Um, the second guy had, I think, assault charges, domestic violence charges. The third guy is a known, um, you know, uh, protest rider kind of type guy that also has, you know, charges. So pieces of shit. So do, am I going to shed a tear over them? No, I'm not. And as a matter of fact, if, if they charged this Kyle Rittenhouse with like first degree, I can't remember what they charged him with, but it sounded ludicrous to me. Like the, I think he's going to end up he should get up, get off if they if they stick with those charges. Yeah, we'll see. It is. I think it's going to be tough for him to get off completely when he showed up. You know, there with a gun. Someone's going to. But someone's what they're going to try and but, get him on. But a what tent. you can say is, after all we've seen, even people that try to help get attacked, and so you have to be able to defend yourself. And yeah. he, he showed up not only with the gun, but with that medical kit, and he was planning on. And he had even said his intention was to help people. You know what they're going to say about that? Why were you winking? When you yeah, said that, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to use this to help people. Why are you winking? Why do you have your fingers crossed? All right. Um, where are we here? I'm going to do a different uh, article. So it goes, um, Kyle Rittenhouse may not be a role model, but is he still an American hero? <laughs> so it's a guest post by a guy named Harold Cameron. Uh, for a few moments in the wee morning hours of Wednesday, August 26, 2020, a 17-year-old kid from Exurban, have you ever heard of that? Exurban, Chicago, E X U R B A N, Exurban. No. Carrying an unremarkable bargain bin rifle, no different than those owned by millions of Americans, proved more powerful than the combined might of the entire world order. Now this guy is—that's some hy- hyperbole, there, isn't it? Uh, Ethno narcissist rioters. That's the first time I've heard that term. Okay. <laughs> I, I like it. So ethno-narcissist rioters have been coddled and lionized in the establishment's media, lavishly funded and fawningly endorsed by the largest corporations on earth and utterly immunized from legal or physical consequences by complicit civil servants. Joined by legions of the downwardly mobile refuse refuse of the white lower middle class, they have spent months doing exactly as they please with their country. That's a a good sentence. (laughs) That's a whole lot of words in there. I do like it. Uh, there seems to be nothing we could do. If we complained, as many of us did, we could be fired from our jobs. If we exercised our First Amendment rights the same exact way as leftists, we would be charged with hate crimes. If we tried to go about our business and enjoy our public spaces, as though mass thugs had not been given license to enforce, quote-unquote, justice as they saw fit, we could be cornered by shrieking mobs forced to submit to their demands, or worse, simply beaten to a pulp for asserting our right to go where we please in a supposedly free country. Yeah, he's probably talking about those groups of people that are going to outside diners or people at the at the restaurants sitting outside and then they descend in mass like a big group of them with their fists raised saying say their names black lives matter all that and and then whoever doesn't raise the black solidarity fist or say black lives matter they surround them and and harass and spit and target them and um you know shriek at them and generally intimidate Uh, that's what's happening right now um so he goes, if we armed ourselves for defense, we often prevented our neighborhoods from becoming burnt out, bare shelved husks. But as Mark and Patricia McCloskey learned in St. Louis, 
If your local elected officials are sufficiently in the enemy's corner, merely refusing to yield your own front yard to people who hate you can now land you with felony charges. True. Our despair discounted one thing. A 17-year-old named Kyle Rittenhouse was braver than we were, or at least naive enough to not understand the odds we're up against. All right. He, 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 he like, skirts that edge of, like, okay, dial it down a bit, dude. But then I think he's, he's making a point. Uh, this past weekend, the Bolsheviks unleashed another round of rioting, arson, and looting in once bucolic Kenosha, Wisconsin, justifying their crimes against innocent Americans, as they nearly always do with the shooting of a violent black career criminal who refused to submit to a lawful arrest. On the first night, rioters knocked out a Kenosha police officer with a brick to the head. Yeah, I saw that video. It was it was like at his squad car. Did you see that? No. Yeah, he was at his squad car and kind of turned his back, and a brick just came flying out right in the back of the skull, dropped him just flat, laid him out, knocked him out. Uh, and then there's another video of another cop getting a like wearing a riot helmet. That's basically the same scenario, but it was like a big disc, like a metal disc that hit him in the back. Didn't knock him out, but knocked him down. On the second night, they ransacked a mom and pop used car dealership. CNN declared this fiery, but mostly peaceful. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that, Chiron. I posted it on the webpage, too. So there's a reporter out there, and he's got flames, like a wall of flames behind him, and there's the Chiron. Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests after police shooting. Did you see what Buck Sexton said about it? He goes, it's impossible to dunk harder on CNN than they're dunking on themselves. (laughs) That's pretty good. So Mr. Rittenhouse nearby watched images of his neighbors' churches and businesses, the sum of their life's labor, put to the flame for the amusement of entitled children and adults' bodies. On the third day of these protests, he felt compelled to make the quick 30-minute drive over to Kenosha. He worked in the daylight to clean the graffiti and messes the people had made in their orgy of violence the night before. By night, he armed himself and stood watch for hours, looking to do his civic duty to prevent the arson and looting of the previous two nights and freely giving interviews to journalists. So he wasn't going, this is me now, this is not, he wasn't going there, it seems like, to just be Rambo, you know, to be a badass. It looked like he was like, ah, someone needs to do something. He goes and he, in the daytime, he's doing cleanup duties, you know, helping people, whatever, with his med kit or, or plans on helping people. And then when people interview him, he, he, he's not like, get the fuck out of my face or anything. He's like, no, yeah, man, this is a shame. I, I don't want people hurt. I want to protect this and I want to help people. So back to the article. As you no doubt have heard by now, a deranged pedophile rioter attacked Rittenhouse at around one in the morning. I don't know if pedophile is the right word for the guy, but. The teen retreated towards the businesses he was trying to defend himself from the same fate so many others had suffered the night before. When there was nowhere left to run, he unleashed a righteous and deftly aimed hail of bullets, scoring a clean headshot on his assailant. This guy this guy needs to stop. Yeah, he does. This was no everybody knows that in a situation like that, you're gonna go you're shooting for center mass. So yeah. it was a panic shots, he missed center mass, he accidentally hit him in the head. He was not aiming for the guy's head. So knock it off with this. Definitely. <laughs> like he's playing Call of Duty. Yeah. He called authorities to report. And I'm not trying to denigrate him either, the, this Kyle. Like saying, oh, this fucking kid couldn't even shoot. Every, even every gun instructor, every tactical person that trains people knows, they go, unless you actually are in the thick of shit, you can't prepare for right. adrenaline dumps and for the, the, the fog of war and all that. And it's just like it's not as clean as everybody wants it to be. Even if you train. You know, like like uh, John Wick. You know, when the when the shit hits the fan, it's gonna I be a whole John, different story. John Wick, really? Yeah. John Wick could take all these rioters yeah. out. Um, he called authorities to report the attack, but the leftist militants made it clear they wanted his blood as vengeance for their comrade. Two more violent leftists with criminal records tried their luck as Rittenhouse ran for his life. One armed with a pistol <laughs> tried their luck. Would pay for this, pay for his hotheadedness with a piece of his arm. Who the fuck is this guy? I actually kind of. I enjoy his writing style, but it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, some of the stuff's pretty funny. I, it's funny, but it, it is over the top. Another, a low life with multiple arrests for brutalizing, brutalizing his girlfriend, swung wildly with a skateboard trying to beat Rittenhouse's head as he lay on the ground. That you know what this is? paid with his life. This is the modern day version of like the, uh, the Western serial little comics that or, the guys from out east used to do. Or I should be I should be reading it like the movie guy, the guy that does the trailers. The two gunmen walked outside yeah. at high noon. The thug paid with his life. 
<laughs> in a righteous hail of bullets. Yeah. The violence, of course, ceased exactly at the moment the rioters stopped initiating it. <laughs> uh, the entire combined weight. One man, <laughs> one solution. <laughs> The entire combined weight of the global system sits behind the lies that created this summer state of affairs. Okay, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah. The unimaginable, <laughs> I just want to keep reading because of that. The unimaginable excess wealth created by international capital, the unfathomable reach and dogmatic uniformity of the modern mass media's narrative makers, Silicon Valley's tech giants, heretofore unseen control over the dissemination of information, the pseudo-intellectual rationalizations, justifications, and jargonizations thought up in academia's pitch-black covens. All that pressed down presses down upon our heads a thorny crown of lies. It is impossible to take the violence in our streets as anything other than what it is. The most powerful people in the world handing out licenses to terrorize the only force on earth that stands against them. Middle America. One man. <laughs> One solution. That's a lot of big words, too. Yeah, a lot it of ten dollar words in there. Five dollar words. Yeah, probably. He didn't use like cornucopia or anything like that. All right. So I, I, I kind of want to keep reading, but it's kind of it's a little bit longer than I thought. So Well, the point is, in this whole thing, the guy who got shot to I begin this. The next line, mother. Go ahead. All right. And yet, in a few tense moments of extreme righteous violence, those lies evaporated as quickly as the white smoke from Rittenhouse's barrel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just threw up a little. God. <laughs> you got to read the whole article. You like know the that, worst huh? part is this isn't helping. No, no. Because the left is going to go see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically this guy enjoyed it. He was typing this and masturbating at the same time. Yeah, I want. I mean, it could be at the very end. This guy's might actually like come around and say, "Okay, does that sound ridiculous?" Because yeah, it is. I don't know. I don't know. But well, so uh, the guy. Whoa! You scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Our uh, beer tipped over. Our Rattlers just attacked me. Um, so this guy is, he's a criminal. Uh, the guy who got shot. All of them are. No, the Jacob. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, all of them are. Yeah. <laughs> Still. But he's a criminal. Right. The cops are showing up to a spot where there's a guy who's resisted and injured a cop before, who's at the home of a woman he's accused of raping or sexually assaulting, and he's armed and resists the cops. All of that is leading to you're going to get shot. Mm, yeah, but he did have his three children in the back of his car. You know? Yeah, this is fucking so, ridiculous. He was I, being a responsible daddy. Right. And so then in Minneapolis, a guy who's mm. like two nights later, a guy who's being chased by the cops. Because he can. He. Because he actually committed shot murder. Somebody. Yeah. He gets cornered. Decides to cap himself. Yeah. Sticks the barrel in his mouth and blows his head off. There's video. His own head. There's video yeah. of this. Of him doing this. No cop shot him. The The video is released almost immediately. The uh, cops are saying almost immediately, look, this is what happened. Doesn't matter. Regardless, downtown Minneapolis, yet again. About 30 businesses. Burned. Looted. And Target. Brit's Pub. Yeah, Brit's Pub. And the Brit's Pub Destroyed. Guy, yeah, he says, it's, it's not safe for customers yeah. down here anymore. I love that place. Yeah, right. They had like uh, roof, yeah. roof, rooftop uh, bocce ball. Yeah, lawn bowling, they call yeah, it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, big. Um, it was like the main soccer watching. Uh, yeah, the owner was venue. cool. Yeah. Like, really friendly guy. It's been there for, and it's like right on Nicollet. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nicollet is like supposed yeah, to be. It was an institution. It was a landmark down yeah. there. And he's talking about not coming back. No, she absolutely shouldn't. There's no reason for him. So the Target that got looted and burned in the George Floyd thing, Yet I think, again. got looted again. Yet again. I would not blame Target if they just said, you know what, we're not doing Pull up this. stakes. Because guess what? It's going to burn again when George Floyd's, the cops get found. Yeah, when Chauvin and everybody gets uh, gets uh, exonerated for it. Because the it, all, all indication is that George Floyd would have died regardless. Yeah. He had overdosed on fentanyl. And people are even saying, and I don't know if this is a new piece of information, and I don't know if this is true or not, that he had more drugs and he actually swallowed drug more he swallowed drugs because he was afraid they were gonna find them. Now I don't know if that's true, but it doesn't matter. Fentanyl fentanyl is deadly, lethal deadly in very small amounts. So yeah. even taking a little bit of fentanyl and mixing it with whatever else with a heart disease, he was a ticking time bomb for himself. So anyway, uh mm -hmm. King LeBron 
LeBron oh, James. Fuck that guy. I know. Fuck that fucking fuck. Uh, LeBron James comes out and says, uh, I'm going to read this because we've talked about Jason Whitlock before, mm-hmm. black writer who's, um, he considers himself to be on the left, but very critical of this kind of stuff. He was critical of Colin Kaepernick. He said, Kaepernick can't tell you why he's kneeling. He goes, he does, he can't articulate it. He's just, he's full of shit. You know, that's why no one talks to him about it. So LeBron tweets, and y'all wonder why we say what we say about the police. Someone must, uh, someone please tell me what the fuck is this? Uh, exactly, uh, exactly, and <laughs> exactly another black man being targeted. This exactly. shit is so wrong and so sad. And he's talking about um, the guy in Kenosha. Feel so sorry for him, his family, and our people. We want justice. Monday night after acquiring additional information while moonlighting as a small forward for the playoff uh, in a playoff game against the Portland Trailblazers. This is Whitlock writing this uh, while moonlighting. I love that. Officer James held a press conference to discuss the shooting. I know people get tired of me uh, hearing me say it, but what we scared, uh, what we, we are scared as black people in America, James said. Black men, black women, black kids, we are terrified. Irrationally terrified of something. Uh, James later accused the police of lying. If you're sitting here telling me that there was no way uh, to subdue that uh, gentleman or detain him or just just before firing guns and you're sitting here lying to not only me, but you're lying to every African-American, every black person in the community, James said. Okay, so Jason Whitlock comes out and says this. He goes, I'm not. He goes, I'm black. I'm not scared. I'm not terrified. Neither is the black. LeBron James, he's lying, and the political, he and the political activists controlling him want black people to immerse themselves in fear. Nice. Fear is a tool used to control people. If you comply with police instruction, there is virtually no chance of an American citizen being harmed by the police. If you watch the video, there were multiple moments uh, where they, where if they wanted to, they uh, could have tackled Blake, Officer James said. This is him going after LeBron again. They could have grabbed him, you know. They could they could have done that. And why? Why does it always have to get to the point of where we see guns firing? This is back to Whitlock. It's very difficult to investigate police shootings and play NBA playoff games. Officer James is clearly unaware of a second video that shows the police on the opposite side of Blake's car wrestling with Blake on the ground. Blake escapes. Police gets to his feet and walks to the other side of his vehicle. Uh... I'm sure someone in the NBA police review board will show James the second video at some point. This is back to James again. Quite frankly, it's disgusting to have multiple cops around not even thinking of using a taser, said uh, former Lakers, said Lakers forward Kyle Kazuma, one of James' top police investigators. And forget about the taser, just uh, simple, just simple combat and taking a man down instead of trying to shoot him. It's Whitlock again. And, Again, the Lakers investigative team is clearly unaware of the second video in the report the police tried to use a taser on Blake. James then speculated on the mindset of the police officers who shot Blake. You have no idea how that cop uh, that day left the house, James said. You don't know if he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You don't know if he had an argument at home with a significant other. You don't know if one of his kids had said something to him when he left the house. Or maybe he just left the house saying, today is going to be the end of one of these black people. Are you fucking kidding me? That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. That It just hurts. It hurts. That's all about the feels. Yeah. So uh, this is back to Whitlock. I'm sure uh, the Kenosha police are saying exactly the same thing about Jacob Blake, who had, who had an active arrest warrant for a third-degree sexual assault at the time of the shooting. Blake has previously been arrested for pointing a weapon at people, carrying a concealed weapon into a building, and domestic violence. Uh, did Jacob Blake wake up on the wrong side of the bed Monday morning or Sunday morning? When I watched the initial viral video showing police shoot Blake in the back, I was outraged. I, want, I waited to calm down. I sent the video to a couple of friends and discussed it with them. We wondered why it was only 20 seconds. Why is it edited? Why, uh, was it edited and then released to provoke outrage, fear, and rioting? I decided it best to wait for an additional information before making any sort of comment. I'm still waiting for additional information. This column is not a defense of the police or vilification of Blake. Uh, LeBron James has... Uh, more than four, 40 million followers on Twitter. Doesn't he have a moral responsibility to be informed and measured before making comments on controversy that could inspire civil unrest? What's the harm in waiting 48, 72 hours or a week? Is James intentionally, James intentionally being used as an agent of chaos? His logic is consistent with the logic of white bigots. 
James uses occasional anecdotes to make sweeping negative generalizations about white police officers. Uh, and then he, uh, y'all wonder why we say what we say about the police, and y'all wonder why we say what they say about black people. LeBron James foolishly thinks he's overseeing the police. He's overseeing the black KKK. He's promoting racism. He's demonizing a group of white people based on the behavior of a few. As a black man, that's, uh, that sort of racist tactic should be terrifying. That racist tactic was used to deny us freedom in this country. No one who professes to care about the welfare of black people should adopt the tactics of white bigots. Bigots, regardless of color, have a common trait, ignorance. Ignorance fuels their ego. Information is their enemy. They avoid it at all costs. Negative anecdotes frame their worldview. Bigotry is uh, subdued and detained. Bigotry has subdued and detained Rob, uh, LeBron James. I'm having trouble reading today. Black Lives Matter is a clever Twitter hashtag designed to spread racial division. Twitter baits and rewards uh, racial demagoguery. James is addicted to social media. His bigotry is no surprise. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, so, the, so anyway, LeBron James organized a – they were going to call the season on the NBA. That's it. We're just not going to play. And within 24 to 48 hours, they decide to play again. And the excuse is, well, yeah, but most of the players want to play. Okay, well, two things. If most of the players want to play, why do we do the walkout thing and make a big deal out of it? And secondly – uh, what does that say about your cause if most of the players who are black wanted to play anyway? I think what happened is LeBron James found out that if you don't play, there's no pay. And LeBron James, as good as he is as a basketball player, has one fucking skill, playing basketball. If he doesn't play basketball, he's not going to make any money. And not only that, his influence will wane. So what I'm accusing LeBron James of is caring more about his money, despite the fact that he has millions of dollars, than he does about this cause. Because if he had any integrity, he'd say, fuck it, I'm out. There's a gal who used to play for the uh, WNBA team here, the Lynx, and she, Maya Moore, probably one of the very best female players ever. She quit early in her career. I think she's 30. She quit to, uh, to sort of push the cause of racial justice, but not in the way you'd think. She's out like trying to get sort of like Trump did with the uh, justice reform, trying to push these cases of people who've been wrongly accused and get them out. Yeah. She gave up a career to do that. I have respect for her, even if I don't always agree with her on stuff. But LeBron James, who has more room than anybody to put his money where his mouth is, and say, I'm walking out of the NBA until something happens here. He didn't leave. He didn't even last 48 hours. He's a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the that's the uh, modus operandi of, of all these uh, uh, celebrities that get into woke politics. It's all about the, the getting the, uh, the dopamine rush of getting everybody to agree with you on Twitter. And I so think, you got your 40, well, how, many, how many followers does he have? 40 million. Yeah. So he, it's got, it's a feeling of extreme kind of, it's like, his, it's narcissism. It's a feeling of, of, I am so important. And when I say something, it, it, it reaches all these people and look at how many people agree with me. They basically all, all of them are agreeing with me. I am awesome. Well, he'd be a narcissist without Twitter. Yeah. But it feels so much better. He gets that, he gets that hit. Dopamine. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. So by contrast, Brian Urlacher who used to play for the Chicago Bears. He's one of the Chicago Bears' great all-time players. He said uh, about about the uh, NBA doing their little strike. Uh, Urlacher says, and I quote, Brett Favre played, a mon- played the Monday night football game the day his dad died. Threw four touchdowns in the first half and was a legend for playing in the face of adversity. Uh, Urlacher said in a scintillated Instagram post, NBA players boycott the playoffs because a dude reaching for a knife wanted on a felony sexual assault warrant was shot by police. Well, now the Bears have distanced themselves from uh, Brian Urlacher. They want nothing to do with them now. One of their all-time great players for saying something that was true. Yeah. Well, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. This is is so bullshit. I can't get 
terribly worked up because it's sports ball, you know. Oh well, yeah, I know how you are. So, if it if it went away tomorrow, I I wouldn't I couldn't care less. Well, and that's what they're finding out is that it's not as big a deal as people assumed it was. People are learning to live without it. Yeah. And I don't think these sports are ever gonna fall apart. I don't think these leagues are gonna disappear, but their following is gonna suffer. It's gonna suffer immensely. The the uh, ratings for the NBA are down forty percent. The NFL hasn't started yet, but the NFL's had ten uh, percent drops in viewership the last two years. So let's see what happens with this one. Yeah, this Black Lives Matter thing is not working for these sports leagues. Just player game. You're you're supposed to be a distraction for people, and if you want to be politically active, that's fine. I get it, but don't expect like the entire league to do what you want to do. Yeah, don't dictate how they allow you while you're working for them. Um, actually, d- clocked in basically to to do your political activism. They're they're acting like they're they're justified in um, in the middle of a game, like sitting there and having um, political um, uh, speech or, or political um, signage, like you know armbands or sh- things on their shirts or jerseys or their helmets. Um, that that say some political message and that that they should be allowed to do that. Well, if I my job wouldn't allow that, and it, and it's right that they wouldn't. It's not a matter of free speech. Yeah, you know. Well, the quartering, you know him, mm-hmm. his channel on YouTube. Yeah, Jeremy something or other. He was talking about uh, the uh, Goodyear thing. How Goodyear said you can wear Black Lives Matter, you can wear LGBT stuff, but and not Blue Lives Matter. You can't wear Blue Lives Matter. Or can't wear. It's uh, okay to be white. Yeah, and you can't wear political stuff. Yeah. You know, well, Black Lives Matter is political. Yeah. It's so Marxist, Marxist, as a matter of fact. The the guy in the quartering was saying, he goes, when I worked at Best Buy, it was put in your blue shirt, your name tag, and your khaki pants. If I had to come to work with some Black Lives Matter banner or band or something on my arm or, you know, Blue Lives Matter or a AIDS pin or something, he goes, they'd have said, take it off or go home. Yeah. They're very right. That's what they would have done. But so, you know, Goodyear said, no, you can wear these, but you can't wear these. And someone took a picture of it, put it out viral, and I guess Goodyear's stock is tanked. Well, and it's funny because Goodyear came out with a statement saying that, hey, we – and it was kind of a word, a little bit of a word salad kind of because they were trying to say, well, we didn't come up with this um, HR policy. Um, you know, we, we didn't craft these words or whatever, basically saying like – Never saying that we didn't hire these people to do this, you know, and then we knew full well what they were doing. Well, we didn't do it ourselves is what yeah, they said. Karen and HR did. Yeah, basically that's <laughs> what they were doing. And then. Uh, She's a bitch. Nobody likes her. So whoever put out the actual picture held, they had audio from the thing. And they yeah. held it till after the statement from, yeah. from the corporate. And they came out with the audio, which was twice as bad. And uh, and so it's like, it's like, you guys, you done fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah, their stock's already down, and there's major people saying – now, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't boycott, but I'm not calling for a boycott, but I'm never buying their tires again. So I, I've brought this up before, but I – I mean, this being Minnesota, I know tons of people who work higher up in the Target ranks. And one of the people, when they did their uh, LGBT uh, trans bathroom thing a couple of years ago, excuse me, said, you know, they did that to be politically engaged and the new CEO at the time, after they went through that whole thing where their stock dropped and it took a year for them to recover the losses that that CEO said, we're not doing political stuff again. Yeah. You know, it was a mistake. Shouldn't have done it. I heard that uh, Red Bull, the CEO of Red Bull. Yeah. Like three of his top, his top, um, executive officers he just dumped them as soon as they started talking about doing some woke shit yeah because he's a pro-trump guy like you're what now what 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 are you talking what are we doing oh we are see ya here's your last check (laughs) i think he's a european guy isn't he i think so yeah they don't suffer the fools over there very much (laughs) it's pretty funny you know so but uh, i want to talk a little bit about um uh you know the state for minnesota state fair is like the biggest state fair in the nation it's like the the not second biggest is it what's the texas Texas the biggest? But Texas is only because it's a month long. Okay. Well, ours is like pretty much known as the best state fair. Are you saying our state fair is a great state fair? Yeah. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't even be late. (laughs) So uh, I used to go all the time, um, multiple days, but I basically ate my way through the state fair. 
that's that's what I did. Well, and then they started letting minorities in, and you decided yeah. not to go. Yeah, got scary. <laughs> I don't like skateboards. I don't like, I don't like ghosts. Uh, so by by the way, I just say quick. I went and saw a movie this weekend with my kids. You know, it's outdoor stuff, and they're showing old movies. And we saw the live action version, the Jungle Book. Okay. Or it's not live action. I mean, they have the right. But so, you know the CGI. Yeah, but the real kid. Was, yeah. And the uh, I'm used to the Disney version because my kids love that when just the bare necessities. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray was blue, so it was actually pretty cool. Okay. But but the uh, King Louis was this huge, um, just baboon, just huge thing. But he he it was Christopher Walken's voice. Oh God, it was so good. That's great. Yeah. Did you do that on purpose? Because you sounded like him there when you said that. God, it was so good. <laughs> no, Jay Moore said, uh, Jay Moore, who I think does the best Christopher Walken, he says, if you're going to do Christopher Walken right, he goes, throw in random punctuation. <laughs> and if you do it, it actually works. If you do it. <laughs> if you do it, it actually works. <laughs> there was another one I saw of William Shatner that had a comma after every word says, the comma oh, yeah. is the most important. Um, so I have to unlock my phone again. Um, what, so they, they canceled it this year because of COVID. Oh, I I changed my password. That's why. They canceled the jungle book. Yeah. Racist. Yeah. Uh, state fairs canceled. Now they have this like drive in state fair where you show up and you can get like a, a food, a car full of food. I don't know. It sounds dumb. Don't they shove it down your throat with a free yardstick? No, they like, they regurgitate it into your open mouths, like, like birds feeding their baby, baby birds. <laughs> Just open your windows and stick your head out. Um, no, so they canceled it, citing COVID concerns. And I don't know if, I think I'm pretty sure it was probably Walls um, pressuring them. Kim Jong Walls? Yeah. Um, but he made it, they made it sound like, well, the, the State Fair said either we're going to open at full capacity or it's not worth opening. Is what what I think it was Walls said. who pulled the plug. Out. Yeah, he pulled the plug, but they initially made it sound like um, the state fair, the owners of the state fair, decided not to go ahead with it and uh, whatever. So then they had this thing where they had, there was advertisements for the the black black business owner state fair was going to happen in Minneapolis. Okay, and they're like, well, that's kind of bullshit. If the state fair is shut down, why is this? You know, because basically it's a bunch of restaurants and whatever, and they had people going around doing what they do at a very much smaller version of the state fair where they had, you know, booths set up and people got to sample the food or pay for tickets to the food. And I don't know what else, but, um, they talked about canceling it. Well, uh, the city just gave the go ahead for the first ever black entrepreneurial state fair after it was canceled. So organizers say it's somewhat of a pick me up for business owners, uh, less than 24 hour in less than 24 hours, Father Hennepin Bluff Park will become home to dozens of black-owned businesses. What's Father Hennepin Bluff Park? I've never heard of that. Father Hennepin Bluff Park hmm. will become home to dozens of black-owned businesses from all the state. Well, it's probably home to a bunch of fucking bums, too, because every goddamn park now in Minneapolis is is home to a dozen or more, two dozen or more uh, tents. Have you seen it? In Not every one of them. Well. In, Not in the suburbs. In the city, in Minneapolis. Yeah. So. Um. Uh, well, okay. I've become home to dozens of black-owned businesses from all over the state of Minnesota for the first annual Black Entrepreneurial State Fair. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So, um, annual Black Entrepreneurial State Fair. Hmm. So it's not like African. It's not Nigerian. It's not whatever. It's black. Are you black explaining to me? So. I guess to next year I need to set up my first annual white entrepreneurial state fair. No, see, that's what the regular state fair was. Oh, you're right. You know, and then like uh, you know, taste of Scandinavia. It's like nod, nod, wink, wink. White people only, right? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how they get away with Even it. Even though they have that, the white have, supremacists, and they have the Irish festival. And they, yeah, that's how they get away with being racist because yeah. they just go uh, Irish, Irish only, and they have a big sign saying. Irish only drinking fountains, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And most of us in Minnesota can claim some sort of Irish heritage, at least a little bit of it. You can't. I can't. No. What do I claim? I don't know. Pure <laughs> evil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, from food vendors to local boutiques, uh, and then the event organizer, 
Destiny Shelby says. Is it? How is it spelled? D e s t i n e e. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> if it would have been and just regular Destiny, I'd have been like, "That's totally a white, not that's a, stripper. a white stripper's name." Totally not a stripper. But she goes, "Yes, all black." She's proud of it. Organizers say it's. Some... Are you sure it's not D e s t i n e a Destiny? No, D e s t apostrophe i n e a e. Uh, organizers say it's somewhat of a pick-me-up for business owners, small business owners. Oh, it just says business owners. Quote, this is Shelby, Destiny, Destiny. Black businesses that were impacted during the pandemic to have a chance to make some money, have a chance to network, and just kind of grow their business. Why are you saying it like that? I'm just saying it with some attitude. Like Destiny would say it? Yeah, a little bit of attitude. Just over a month ago, the event was canceled, and the city of Minneapolis released a statement saying, in part, Quote, the city has been following the recommendations and guidelines set forth by Kiv, the governor's executive orders. I was just going to say Kim Jong-un, <laughs> and I caught myself. Kim uh, Jong-wals. Kim Jong-wals. Executive orders which recommended limiting social interactions. Accordingly, permits may be written for gatherings up to 25 people. Taking into consideration that the Minnesota State Fair was canceled, organizers received a lot of backlash over the event online. A lot of people that were claiming that were racist we are bringing back segregation. Ridiculous comments, even mocking us like, we'll bring the Kool-Aid. Just very nasty things, said Shelby. Organizers. <laughs> I was going to make a comment and I stopped myself. Organizers say after conversations with the city, the park board, and the attorney general's office, they got to go the go-ahead to move forward with a more scaled-down event than what was originally envisioned. And, of course, that involved a detailed COVID-19 plan. We can't exceed 250 people within our perimeter. Masks will be required. We will have sanitation stations, social distancing markers at each vendor line, said Shelby. How much do you want to bet, Rooster, that all this is very strictly enforced? Mm, zero. Mm -hmm. For Shelby. But I will say, nor do I think it should be. No, no. It's, but that's yeah across the board, though. Right. For Shelby, who's put her own businesses on hold to make this dream a reality... Now, reading into that is that her businesses were failing or losing out or whatever, and that this is just a way to get more money? Well, I mean, I'm going to give her some props for being entrepreneurial and trying to make something happen. Uh, this isn't about what people think, she says. I'm actually biracial. I'm black and I'm white. I have both sides of my family. It's not about race to me. Uh, not about race or a state fair, as she says. The focus is on community. Why can't we have something like that for a community? Obviously not as big as Shelby. Because... The state fair is for the fucking community, too. Yeah, but only the white community. Uh, event kick, kicks off August 23rd. It's going to run through August 29th. Free to the public, but you must reserve a ticket online. Limited 250 people each day. Hey, security is going to be provided by W&W &W Protection. What's W&W? &W? I don't know. White and whiter? <laughs> Is W&W &W Protection, that's not those guys that said, that showed up, the black guys that showed up saying that they're going to start their own, like, security company because they were so successful in in, uh, in roaming the streets during the riots? I don't know. Uh. Checking it out. Oh, that reminds me, I just today. W&W &W Protection is uh, in Gödelbachstrad, Schomburg, Germany. So I don't think that's awesome. that one. So I stopped at a store today. Um so those uh, Shopco's, big Shopco centers closed down. They went out of business. Mm -hmm. The building's been sitting there, and there have been these uh, business called Cartful that have been um, setting up shop in there, and they're basically like a discount center, just junk places like the Axeman kind of thing. And I stopped at one because I wanted to get a set of uh, earbuds, like a cheap set of earbuds. And uh, I walked up to the door, and I saw a sign in the door, and it looked a little bit different than the normal signs that you see. Um about the masks, about wearing masks. And it goes, to our value customers, if you choose to enter without a face covering, we'll assume you have a medical reason that exempts you from the executive order uh, 22D81 or whatever regarding face coverings. Exemptions can be found in section 15A through F and section 20D of this executive order. We respect the United States Constitution, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and your right to privacy, and as such, we will not ask your reason for not wearing a face covering. Please understand that due to medical conditions, some of our staff will not be wearing face coverings. Please enter at, the, at your own risk. 
If you are uncomfortable entering the store, feel free to use our online store for curbside pickup services. Thank you. And then there's another bigger wording sign next to it. Furthermore, we will not tolerate any shaming or discrimination towards customers or employees that are not wearing face coverings as the privacy of our customers and employees is to be protected be, to be protected under ADA and the Constitution of the United States of America. They I love it. They should have put wearing or not wearing face masks. Oh, good point. But, I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. th- this I, I, I think I'm going to actually go back and try to talk to the owner or manager say, that's great. I hope you're spreading this to other businesses that you know. And if not, you know, you should make copies of this and then just, like, bring them and, and drop them off and say, just, just for your consideration to these businesses and say, well, this might be a good idea. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So executive order 2081 is what it's called. I couldn't read it. So, but yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. I, I, I want to get past this whole mask thing. I did. I did hear something that maybe re- reconsider a little bit. The mask what? stuff. Um, the fact that, you know, us anti big government guys and uh, boogaloo boys have been talking about how, the government and big tech and everything is getting more and more into our shit and the facial recognition systems are getting really intelligent and really sophisticated and be having the ability to wear these masks to keep, you know, the surveillance system from knowing who you are and what you're doing when you're doing it, on top of, you know, all the other stuff you need to do to <clears throat> keep from getting tracked on your cell phone and all that stuff. Um, kind of a good thing. Well, I've heard that the, like for your everyday run-of-the-mill mask, like those surgical masks or just a bandana or something, that that won't help. With facial recognition? Because it's fairly sophisticated. It goes by eye placement and stuff, all sorts of stuff and proportions and everything. And then if you're going to do that, you should have a mask that like distorts. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what I've been wearing is it's a uh, bandana style mask. Um, So it goes over your nose, has ear loop things to cover Mm -hmm. your ear so it doesn't slip off your nose. But then it's like loose around your chin and neck like and goes down like a bandana would if you folded it into thirds or into a half. Um, And so it's it's not like form fitted to your jaw like all the other ones. And then you wear a baseball cap with sunglasses. And I mean, nobody's gonna know who the hell you are. Yeah. So I kind of I'm kind of thinking I would before I was thinking only criminals because it used to be that they had these mass laws of these. You know, criminals couldn't walk into a store and, and be covered up uh, and commit a crime and get away with it. Or these Antifa types that were um, showing up and at these quote-unquote protests masked up in order to be, you know, the black block tactics. Basically, they all wanted to look alike so that they could commit these crimes and not be singled out because they all looked alike. And they were, before COVID, there was getting more and more uh, of these uh, ordinances saying you can't be at a, at a protest and wear a mask. Why don't you just wear a burqa? Yeah, exactly. But so I was like thinking on that, but that was my thought process before. I was like, well, it's a it's compliance because t- uh, Governor Wallace said it's about compliance. So you know, it's like a it's a face burqa, a face diaper, or whatever. And then only criminals want, don't want to show their face. But then I'm, the more you think about it, you're like, no, it's it's actually there's actually legitimate reasons not to not to go around and, and expose yourself to the surveillance state. So. I don't know. I'm starting yeah, to. I, my point is I don't think it helps much. Yeah. For COVID, it doesn't. Because we're not doing. No, I think. Oh, you think for the surveillance state? Yeah. yeah. I think there's so many. There's layer upon layer of surveillance well, that and tactics. That, now we've got. Most places aren't taking cash. Yeah. That's another thing. Where, uh, the, the cashless society thing is, is a big is a big deal. It's a big step to, to get rid of uh, um, your ability to function outside the parameters of you know, govern, government surveillance. I'm always going to be taking cash. I just want everybody to know that. So Who's going to be taking cash? Me. I'm going to be taking cash. Okay. So I'm just going to be dealing with cash. Here, so. yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, all the uh, all the small government, the minarchists, are all talking about once they phase out cash. Minarchists? Yeah. You keep coming up with all these words. What's a minarchist? It's just uh, minimal government. So basically you, you – you, you, you're not an anarchist. You don't believe in no government, but you believe in the absolute minimum amount of government to to, to make a society function. Well, that's probably what I'm closest to. Yeah. What I are mean, you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm fiddling with my phone. Is that, <laughs> I wonder if that's going to show up on the. Uh, I'm spinning it like a like a fidget yeah. spinner. Yeah. Oh. Those came and went. Yeah. Um, where are we at time wise? Oh, 
we're, we're about at there. that time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get into contact with us, I know we're, we're jumping around a lot, but there's just so much to talk about and we're not, I mean, we're not getting to half the stuff. I mean, I had like six other things I wanted to talk about, but well, before we get to that, um, I just want to say I do really appreciate the engagement we've had. And the thing that helps us the most is if you guys can share, you know, the podcasts or posts or anything like that, help us do that and spread it around. So, but then the biggest thing I think right now is if you have access to iTunes, uh, put a review on there. Oh yeah. For, we can, for some reason, our reviews on, uh, they showed up. They, oh, they did. Yeah. They, you said they disappeared on, uh, on podcast addict, but they showed back up again, but okay. we've only got like three or four reviews. It'd be nice to get, uh, I think we have seven. Yeah, it'd be nice to get like a nice round number. Yeah. Bump like, us up to at least 10 or I was 100. thinking, yeah, like 150,000. And good reviews, God damn it. <laughs> or otherwise Crow will hunt you down. Yeah. So. And you won't see him coming because of his tactical setup. <laughs> otherwise, uh, contact us via email. It's rooster at com or crow at com Or on our Facebook page, Bread and Circuses Podcast. Like, share, comment, all that stuff. See you, bye.